personal book writing expert and author. I help women to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And today I'm so excited to have Yin Mijia from Singapore with me. Yin is a teacher, educator and English language consultant. She is the founder and partner of Learning Ventures, a company which provides consultancy services to book publishers. Yin Mi has consulted on, written and published many books on English language learning. Three years ago, she retired to focus on teaching mindfulness to adults and children. A cancer survivor, Yin believes in the power of positivity, hard work and compassion. Through her mindfulness teaching, she provides the value of self-care practices, mental health and the cultivation of a compassion mindset. Welcome to the show, dear Yin. Thank you so much, Esther. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so let's go to the first question, which is always, I'd like to know what has been your turning moments in your life? I would say that there are several turning points in my life and most of them actually have got to do with education. So my first big turning point must be leaving home when I was 23 to come to Singapore. And that was actually to pursue a professional degree in education. So I came here and I started to study and work here. And in the course of being here, I met my husband. And so when I got married, I would say that is my second big turning point because my husband is very very important to me he's the one who provides me all the intellectual stimulation that I need and he's a wonderfully kind person and he's very very supportive and through our relationship I think I have benefited a lot from his support and I wouldn't be where I am without his support so I think my marriage was the was a big turning point for me and the third turning point for me was uh, parenthood um, when I had my son. I think becoming a parent really changes a person because you really start to learn that, you know, you are not very important. As Khalil Gibran says, right, children are not your own. They are arrows from the future, right? Or they are children from the future. But I think children helps keep us humble. So... I think my journey um, as a parent also contributed to my understanding about my own personal goals in life. And it has actually given me purpose and meaning and helped shape my life's work. Yeah, mm. I would say those are the turning points. I was, some people would ask me whether, you know, having cancer was a turning point. And I would say, no, not really a turning point. It was just part of the journey I was on, that's all. And what yeah. did it teach you there? Because it also mm -hmm. changed your life, didn't it? Yeah, it changed my life a little bit in the sense that um, I realized that I have to slow down a bit <laughs> because I'm always doing things very fast. But I also realized from my cancer experience that I have a lot of inner resources in me, that I can be strong, that I can actually... Uh, focus on what is important and that I don't give way to despair. So I realized really that I, I do have a wealth of 
strengthen me uh, from that experience. Yeah. So, you know, I think I'm less afraid now of dying or of any other illness, that sort of thing. Yep. Beautiful. And then you teach mindfulness. Yes. Let's talk yes. about this important mm -hmm. topic. Mm -hmm. I actually came to mindfulness uh, because of my son. When he was a teenager, he was growing up, um, he actually had a lot of issues that he was dealing with. And being the young mother that I was, I only have one child. So, you know, I was relatively inexperienced, although I'm the eldest of eight children. So I really should know something about uh, parenting. But, you know, you never really know about parenting, do you? There is no guidebook for that, you know, no parenting for dummies. So I found that I had challenges with him. And I found that there were times when I found it very hard to deal with his issues and my issues. And I realized then that I need to have some kind of inner resources in me to deal with the challenges in life that are coming, right? I think up to that point, I was very lucky not to have any major challenges, really. Everything was, they were, you know, kind of difficulties, but not anything I could overcome. But my son really showed me that there are some things that I couldn't possibly solve or fix that easily. So um, I decided that I needed to have inner resources developed. I need to have uh, some spiritual guidance. And so I turned to uh, yoga and mindfulness. And that mindfulness actually has also helped me through my cancer journey. Yeah. Mm. And do you remember what was the biggest difficulty with your son? why i yeah let me know a little bit more <laughs> okay uh, well my son I, I adopted my son from childbirth so when he grew up i think he had issues of uh, abandonment i think a lot of uh, adopted children feel that way they feel a little lost especially in their teenage years and uh, so he had a lot of questions about you know why was he given up and all but he actually although I told him about his history he actually didn't ask to go and find his parents or anything he just kept everything bottled up and actually it was only when he was in his early 20s that he came back and he said to me he wanted to meet his uh, his blood parents uh, which of course I then took him to look for them and we found his blood mother and they were reconciled and I think that helped him answer a lot of questions about his origins and his, his sense of who he was, who he is, you know. I, I can understand that it must have been quite difficult for him also, uh, you know, not understanding all these things. And so that plus, you know, he was in boarding school and uh, I think some influences from other teenagers and I think basically trying to find himself. But he's now 32 and he he's in a very he's married and in a very good place already so you know so i i am very pleased about how things have turned out for him and for me yes great and then when you started mindfulness practices and how did you feel how you changed what what did it give you mm. I think one of the things that I learned through mindfulness is a greater awareness of my thoughts and emotions. And uh, 
a greater awareness of your own thoughts and emotions will allow you to actually rein them in more effectively instead of letting them run wild, right? So this awareness actually helps me to have more restraint, I feel, uh, in everything I do. Also, I learned to develop uh, more self-compassion for myself, more self-love, and be less critical and be less, um, how would you say, be less hard on myself for whatever shortcomings that I've had. And at the same time, also be able to extend this kind of compassion, forgiveness, love to all around me. And at the same time also, I think develop a great store of gratitude for whatever else was working right for me, despite some of the roadblocks along the way. So I was able to recognize that everything that, every difficulty I have is just part of the journey that I'm going to. And therefore I'm able to allow these things to happen, to accept them instead of fighting with them and ask why and trying to fix everything and trying to get it all right. You know, uh, instead I just let them be, right? Try to be patient and listen to what is happening to me. And I think that helps because then I'm not in a big rush to fix my son's problems or to fix whatever issues he has, but instead, you know, be someone who is there uh, just to listen, you know, and just to empathize with him. Yeah. And uh, I think in the course of all that now, I'm a better listener, maybe. I'm more aware in my speech about the things I am saying. And, you know, and when I'm talking to people, whether the things I say are going to hurt other people or it's beneficial or not, you know. So I think in all, I would say, <laughs> to quote my teacher, uh, greater restraint in everything I do. Yeah, less impulsive. Maybe that comes with old age too, I don't know. <laughs> and when now adults and children come to you and want to learn mindfulness, where do you start with them? That certainly with children, how do you do uh, that? Yeah, yeah. So um, usually with children, I don't, um, We don't try to teach anything too deep, but the first thing I try to teach them, of course, is uh, to develop greater awareness of their five senses. So uh, we focus on the uh, sense of sight, sound, and smell. We do various activities. We also focus on the sense of sound, listening. They listen to the bell quietly for a while. They try to explore what is it they heard. You know, what is it they are paying attention to? So in, this, in the exploration of the five senses, we bring up this idea of paying attention, paying attention to, your, uh, to the senses around you. So we talk about mindfulness as paying attention to what is around you and what is inside you, yeah? So you know what is inside you, of course, of what are the thoughts that you have, what are the feelings you have? And so from exploring the five senses, we go into exploring the inner thoughts and emotions that the children have by talking about their feelings, you know, and, and things like that. So uh, we also do short little sits, kind of like, you know, paying attention, short moments of attention over and over again. So we do this until they are able to develop uh, a focus. But a lot of the time when parents come to me and want mindfulness for their children, 
they always tell me that, oh, you know, their children are so distracted and all that and this and that. And I always say to them, we should not try to fix children or anybody. We should always try to fix ourselves, you know. So you shouldn't do mindfulness because you think that your children can be fixed or can be, you know, shaped into this way. Because mindfulness is not a, is not a tool for discipline. Yeah. So if any disciplining is involved or is needed, it's really ourselves. So we must fix ourselves first. You know, usually it's in us, isn't it? Yeah. How we view the whole situation. Yeah. So I, I always try to do that first. Mm -hmm. you know? And how do you help parents? Um, really, I help parents by again developing their own awareness of themselves because a lot of the time you know parents are such busy people they are doing things you know five or six things at one time tossing so many balls and keeping them in the air and obviously in this multitasking you cannot be paying 100% attention to any one of the balls that you are you have in the air right so i think it's really important for parents and anybody else to periodically stop pause you know, and take into your own awareness of what is happening around you. So sometimes when we talk about our children misbehaving or acting out and all that, that might not be them. That might be a reaction to us, right? So we must first be aware of what our actions, what our words are when we are interacting with our children. So I try to focus, I try to ask them, because my own philosophy really is you can't change other people. You can only change yourself, right? So I, my goal always is, number one, be aware of yourself. Number two, take care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. So you must fill yourself up to the brim, you know? And then when you are whole, then you have room in your heart, in your mind to think about the other people. You don't have that room when, you're, you know, when your cup is half full. You know, you're, you're struggling yourself. How can you take care of anybody? So you must first take care of yourself. But unfortunately, parents being busy people really don't have the time and the energy to do that first, right? Or maybe they will only know that in hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> that's a difficult part. But as I always say, mindfulness is a practice. So, you know, we all have to work at it. It's not something that is a quick fix. Definitely not, you know. What is your favorite exercise becoming more mindful? mindful? My favorite exercise. I do think that formal sitting is very helpful uh, to kind of widen the space, you know, between stimulus and response, as they say. But a lot of the time, I think uh, the one thing I try to do is to pause and to take some breaths, is to physically, to really take a few breaths and, and to pause. I, I have a note in front of my computer that says pause, you know? So I think my favorite thing must be to remember to pause and to remember to rest, to take a break. Because I'm one of those people who, you know, just work, work, work and always forget to take a break, yeah. <laughs> and what's the first exercise you recommend to stressed parents? I would say, you know, pause and take three breaths. Yeah, just stop. Whatever it is you're doing, just stop and take a few breaths. You know, close your eyes and take a few breaths. 
no matter how stressed out and you know how emotional you are, I think just take yourself away and then stop and take a few breaths, you know. Because if you have not recovered yourself, you can't deal with anything else. You need to get yourself back on a steady keel. And I think taking three breaths, the science tell you, uh, is the right thing to do. It's the thing that will help you. It sounds so simple, but it's so difficult, isn't it? It is. The simplest things are the most difficult, mm -hmm. isn't it? I mean, number one, in the heat of that emotion, can you remember to pause? Most of us can't because we get carried away by our emotions then, you know, and then we go on to say and do things that we regret later on. Yeah, that's the sad part. Um, I think remembering to kind of like pause, you know, stop or slow down, you know, uh, is, is really crucial. And it, it's not that important, not that easy to do. No, if it's that easy, we won't have so many quarrels in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yen, what kind of ideas do you give people who don't sit in front of a computer and don't have this <clears throat> tag to pause? Oh, actually, we can, um, we can practice mindfulness in our everyday life. Um, I think people routinely, even when I'm walking, I try to not just walk blindly wherever it is. I try to pay attention to where I am. I, I look around where I am. I use my five senses, you know. Um, I try to listen. I try to feel, smell, touch. Uh, when I'm washing the dishes, I pay attention to the water, to the warm, to the cold of the water and the soap, right? When I eat, I pay attention to the food. I don't just, you know, I try to really taste the food. I, I kind of look at the food, you know, try to, you know, remember what the taste is like. I have friends who tell me that they can't distinguish between chicken and beef, for instance, because they're <laughs> eating, you know, without, yeah. So every small thing you do, like when I get into my car, I always say to myself, now I'm driving, I'm going to drive and I will focus on driving. I, I turn my phone to silent. In fact, I, I, you know, I, I turn no notifications and I don't, I don't try to do other things beyond listening to my radio when I'm driving, you know, because I think you need to focus to bring your attention to whatever you are doing. And I think that's one thing we can do always to bring our attention to whatever it is we are doing uh, like when my son when I'm watching television and my son comes to talk to me I will immediately turn the television off or I will stop it and then I will listen to him because I feel like the present is so important whatever I don't want to listen to at that moment is going to pass and I'm going to miss it forever right there is no, you know, the past is in the past, the future, we don't know what we have is really this moment. And like my moment with you, Esther, will pass when this is over. Yeah, if I don't pay attention to you, I won't even remember what is it we've talked about, you know, what we, is it we've done. This is so beautiful. You give me goosebumps <laughs> saying yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, and... What else is important in life? Well, we know it's the most important, but maybe you might mention other things. Well, um, I think there are many things that are important in life. And I think you did ask me, what did life teach me? And I tried to think so hard about that. 
And I think the one thing that life has taught me is that it's not how clever you are or how rich you are and all that. But what is really important are the relationships you have with people. I think emotional quotient EQ is really, emotional intelligence is really very important. And when I look back at my own career, really, I feel that a lot of what I've done well is because I have good relationships with people rather than because I was a brilliant teacher or was a brilliant this and that. No, I don't think so. So I feel that if there's anything I, you know, life has taught me, it is that it has taught me to be kind to people, to be polite to people, and to do what I can to help other people because whatever you give comes back to you tenfold, you know? So I think for me, that is a very important lesson. I'm a very lucky person in the sense that I don't have a lot of things that I really need in life. But I think that's partly because I have uh, good relationships, you know, with people that I love and friends and things like that. And how about your books, your latest book you're writing on? What is it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, currently, I'm actually working on on uh, some um, self-care book or, or course for teachers. I'm in the midst of doing that, among many other things I'm doing. <laughs> uh, that's one thing I'm working on and um, kind of tem temporarily put it on hold because I have a couple of classes coming up in November. So I'm working on that. I am also still working on my short stories. Uh, it's still not done, uh, you know, so um, short story writing is very challenging. It's, I, won't, I don't think it's my strength. Uh, my strengths tend to be in nonfiction, but um, I, I do want to uh, work on that as well. And uh, as always, I'm working on some poetry, which is uh, something that I, I really enjoy doing. And amongst all of that, I'm trying to work on the second part of my memoir in Singapore, from Singapore onwards. I've come up with an outline and written the first bit, but it's just sitting there now. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So you need to have time for that. Yeah, it, it's time. an ongoing thing. Yes, I, I have so many things that I'm interested in. Currently, I'm also uh, doing art in a big way. I, I enjoy art a lot and I get distracted because every day I want to take out some paints and paint something. Um, but it's all right because I think it's a right brain thing. So, you know, sometimes when I do something right brain, it will, will help me in my writing or help me in thinking about other things as well. So I, I do enjoy that distraction sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and what else is important in your life or what is there you haven't done, but you still dream of doing? Is there something? Oh, it's very strange you know um, I don't really have a bucket list people always ask me do you have a bucket list of things you want to do I said no not really I mean like for instance I have traveled a lot of places and there are places that I still want to travel to but I won't say that you know if I don't go there I will be miserable no I won't say that you know um, I think if it's meant to be I will be there I will go there if not it won't happen then it won't happen um do I want anything else in life? No. Uh, sometimes I think maybe I'm waiting for my son to have a, a, a child so that I can be a grandma, maybe, because I think there is always, uh, for me, uh, there is great pleasure and reward in helping to bring a child up. 
Um, I think that is one thing that as human beings we can all contribute to and do well, that is to bring up a good human being. So, you know, I, I do uh, think that parenting and grandparenting are very important um, roles in life. So, yes, that. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I think I told you this before. I love to write um, because I look at writing and art as a process. I don't have like great ambitions to publish or to be a famous artist and all that. I enjoy doing all of those things, but I don't necessarily have to end up with a product. I think the process of doing it is more important for me. It's like it's my everyday life. It's my, these are my practices uh, in life, you know, my everyday practices, but they don't have to be big goals. I think they're more like intentions, what I, how I want to live my life rather than to have a product in the end, so to speak. There is one big thing that I'm looking forward to doing and that is in, eventually to, um, actually to, uh, to give some money to charity, to give a lot of money to charity. <laughs> I'm waiting to get my money together. And I actually would like to do uh, some kind of philanthropy in a big way, or, or rather a medium way, not that I'm that rich, but in a medium way that will make an impact. I've, I've always done that, but uh, this is one thing uh, I want to endow a chair, perhaps in the university or, or in teaching or something like that. But uh, I hope to actually uh, do that in the next few years. Yeah. So mm. maybe if there's a bucket listing, that is the one thing that I want to do. Yeah. Great. And Yin, where can people reach you? Ah, they can reach me on Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. And my company is called Learning Ventures. So if you look for Sir, uh, Facebook Learning Ventures, you will find me, which is... Uh, uh, a Facebook page for teachers. I'm also on Instagram in my name, Yin Michia. So you can also find me there. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I think those are two good places to reach me. I'm quite active on my Facebook, yes. Good. And one last word for our listeners. One last word. Um, I, am an, I am a senior, right? I'm an old person. And... Um, I, I meet a lot of seniors and young people all the time. And my last word to them, of course, is that we must always keep on learning. I think learning is really an important thing. I, I really am a believer in lifelong learning. And I think we want to keep learning, not because we want to be trendy and keep up, but I think it's important to keep ourselves alive. And I, I want to quote this quotation from a book that I've read, and it says, age is never a reason for not moving forward. So therefore, we should not let age keep us from moving forward. And I think we should always keep moving forward, regardless of our age. Lovely. Thank you so much, Yin. Thank you so much, Esther, for having me. It's a real pleasure talking to you.